This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. As we end 2022, this is a time for reflection about the year that just ended. This has been a tumultuous year filled with terrifying new realities and inspiring rays of hope in the battle against anti-Semitism and hate. Through it all, ADL has been responding to the issues of the day using the tools at our disposal to fight hate. I can think of no better guest to help me process all of this than my colleague, mentor, and friend, Frederick Block. He is ADL's Senior Vice President for Growth and is charged with having his finger on the pulse of all that is ADL. I am thrilled that he has actually joined me live at the radio station for today's interview. Fred, welcome to From the Frontlines. Thank you, Scott. It's great to be here with you in studio, and I'm honored to be on this uh, on this show with you. And I just want to take a moment to recognize the amazing work you do as the director of New York, New Jersey region, as well as doing a tremendous public service with this radio show. I think this might be your 72nd uh, consecutive show, and you've really helped the public understand the real issues around hate and anti-Semitism. So hats off to you, Scott. Thanks so much, Fred. And yes, if you go to the archive, you can see all the, the past shows there. You know, Fred, if we were sitting here with a crystal ball one year ago uh, at the start of 2022, and I told you the podcast topics that this show would cover in the coming year, I'm not sure you would believe it. Here's some of the topics that I covered. A hostage taking at a synagogue in Colleyville, Texas, by a man who believed that all powerful Jews could get his terrorist friend out of jail. An ADL annual audit of anti-Semitic incidents that would show that anti-Semitism had reached all-time highs. A shooting that left 10 dead at a supermarket in Buffalo by a killer radicalized on social media to believe in the Great Replacement Theory. A so-called mapping project in Boston whose aim is to dismantle the entire Jewish community and its allies because they believe in the right of Israel to exist. Our former president dining with an avowed white supremacist and Holocaust denier and a variety of celebrities and sports figures that rounded off our year with anti-Semitic posts that went viral and so much more. What are your takeaways from this year, Fred? Well, can I take a breath first? I mean, it really was it was uh, week after week. I think I like to I don't like to describe, but I describe what happened in 2022 as sort of bookended by what you mentioned, which was the hostage crisis, the terrifying hostage crisis in Colleyville, and then at the end of the year having well-known figures making these horrible anti-Semitic tropes and all those things that you mentioned in between. And my, my takeaway is that we have a, a real problem here uh, in, in our country, and we need to pay very, very close attention to what's happening. And um, if I may, I'd like to give a little bit on, on what ADL's role was in some of those. I mean, we, we played a role in every single one Absolutely. of those. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that you've discussed this in the show. We, in Colleyville, which was in January of last year, uh, which is a synagogue in Texas where hostages were taken, our regional director for Dallas, Cheryl Drazen, was on the scene, and she was the only, buddy, only person in that community with connections to the synagogue, with law enforcement, with other faith leaders. We played a very important role providing comfort. And I do need to mention, Scott, the horrible shooting in Buffalo. It was you who, within a couple of hours, I think I spoke to you an hour after the shooting, and you were in the car on the way to LaGuardia to go to Buffalo to provide comfort to the community 
with those 10 people innocently shot and to provide perspective to the media, not just the local media, but national media on this great replacement theory. So we were, and you were there two or three days. Yeah, uh, it was very important to, it's, you know, it's to, really, to show solidarity with that community after what they had been through to say, you know, the Jewish community is, is here and, and with you. And whether it's standing up for, for that, whether it's um, responding to the anti-Semitism that's on many, many college campuses, where we work with the administration and trustees to try to, when, when there is a, a BDS movement, or the LGBTQ community that's been under attack recently. I think that uh, the vigilance that we need to that we need to exercise just doesn't seem to ever stop. And so my takeaway is it was a rough year. And um, I'm, sadly, I think our work is going to continue. Absolutely. You know, and, I, and if I think about the year, I see a few trends, you know, things that were a bit um, uh, different or magnified. Certainly when we talk about this anti-Semitism coming from celebrities and sports figures, we, we heard a lot. Uh, from uh, from ADL and from others about this idea that anti-Semitism is becoming normalized. I saw that as a as a trend. Tell us your your views on that. You know, a generation ago, I mean, the anti-Semites could stand on a street corner um, in any place in America, and they could attract thirty or forty people, and they would be spouting out anti-Semitic tropes or or race you know racist tropes or whatever. But now social media, which is a clear problem, and social media is this megaphone that takes ideas of disaffected people, whoever they may be, um, and whether they're true or not, and uh, amplifies them all over. And I, I call a lot of these people cowards with keyboards who, for one reason or another, have a beef with one group or Jews, um, people who are, who are gay, um, people who practice uh, Islam. And they can just be amplified in a way we've never seen before. So the normalization, when you say something over and over again, it does become normalized. It becomes part of normal speech. That, that was not even possible even 20 years ago, which is why we're, you know, at ADL through the Center for Technology and Society, we're trying to work with social media companies and tech companies to moderate this horrible content. Right. And these people with, with incredible megaphones, because they have an incredible following, it, it tends to have that effect. You know, the other thing uh, or other trend that I think we saw this year was this sort of emboldening of extremists when uh, when somebody like Nick Fuentes is given uh, a platform like that, uh, when the mapping project, uh, you know, it's it, people feel emboldened to do things that in the past they, they would have never done. There, there would have been such a social uh, social censure and, and such a price to pay for being so bold with their extremist ideas. It just doesn't seem like it's, it's as, uh, as difficult to be uh, out there as an extremist. Well, part of it might be even related to the social media because you can't really get attention if you, uh, if you're moder- if you're, have a moderated view. It's not that interesting. You don't get followers. You don't get retweeted. And so it's why you know, we lament a lot, Scott, and you and I have done it uh, together just in conversation about the carved-out center. You know, if you want to be centrist, you just don't get any attention. So I think social media does play a part in this. But it's, it's important to remind anybody listening that extremism can come in very a lot of different political colors. Uh, the mapping project that you mentioned was really uh, fomented by um, left-leaning anti-Israel types who literally, in the mapping project, talked about disrupting and dismantling Jewish institutions, including camps and synagogues and day schools, because of an alleged agenda that they found that they found abhorrent. So uh, it was, and it was actually naming 
members of the faculty, members of the administration, trustees of these various institutions, which is really quite disturbing. And of course, we always have the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys who are spewing their vitriol. And um, the important thing that you and I do every day and all of our colleagues is to call it out and make sure people understand uh, where it's coming from and why it really is unacceptable. Absolutely. You know, my listeners know that I, I don't just cover tragedy, and we've been talking a lot about the difficulties of this year, but I also want to lift up the many ways that ADL has been front and center in the fight against anti-Semitism and hate with new and innovative methods. Uh, you know, it's such a dynamic organization, and so much was introduced this year. Tell us about some of your favorite ADL moments this year, some of the ADL victories. Well, there are Fortunately, a lot. Uh, I think the uh, first point out is we have many victories in our offices around the country every single day where we are responding to a swastika on a schoolyard or an anti some form of harassment of somebody who calls us up and wants us to come and respond. But um, we were most gratified, firstly, after the horrible shooting in Buffalo that we and other civil society groups joined together very quickly within days of that shooting and called on the White House and called on President Biden to hold a summit that was going to focus in on hate-filled violence. And indeed, on September 15th, the Biden administration did host the United We Stand Summit that we participated in and had various bipartisan leaders from all levels of government, civil rights groups, community and business leaders to really, to really talk about a vision for a more united America with some really clear deliverables most importantly, creating a national strategy on how to fight anti-Semitism and hate. And we felt we played a big role in making sure that happened. Yeah, and I remember having uh, Max V on to talk about it as it was happening. And he was really talking about how unprecedented this was, that such firepower came to, to bear uh, on this issue with, with uh, President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and, and so many others. Well, Max and his team deserves a lot of credit for, for pushing the White House, now, uh, not just to say something, but actually to do something, which was great. Absolutely. And then the other thing that, you know, you know last November... We had more than 2,000 people gather at the Javits Center for ADL's 7th annual Never Is Now Summit on Anti-Semitism. First time we were back live since 2019, since the pandemic. And folks came there to learn, to engage, and to take action. Um, and they showed up when there are many other places that they could go. And we were fortunate enough to have FBI Director Christopher Ray. We had um, then-Congresswoman Liz Cheney speaking about our uh, preserving democracy, which was, and it was two days after the midterm elections. Um, and we had the North American president of Adidas, which was under attack by us and others for taking a little bit of a long of, of time to take off the Kanye West line in there um, uh, of the sneakers. And he spoke about Adidas's commitment and announced it at that particular summit, the partnership with ADL to fight anti-Semitism hate in the sports community. It was really quite inspiring. Really uh, unbelievably inspiring, and, and those are some incredible victories. Uh, many thanks, Fred, for your insights into 2022. Uh, let us all hope that 2023 will not be a year that shocks us in the same way when we recap it one year from now. Fred, I cannot thank you enough for coming on to the show today and all the way to the radio station to do this. It has been really great. It's been my pleasure, Scott. I'll come back anytime. And, of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week 
by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is fighting hate for good. 